Warehouse of Harm, you're listening to Brainwashed Radio. Radio, the podcast edition. My name is John Whitney. I am your host. I am joined today by Mike and Tyler from House of Harm. Welcome, both of you. Thanks very much. Thank you for having us. And we just heard Isolator, which was an early single, but ended up on your debut album, Vicious Pastimes. Um, I first heard that a couple years before the album actually came out, um, but I'm I'm still. I don't. Even, I honestly don't even remember how I heard of you guys, but um, I do live in the Boston area, and I may have caught you at a show or something. But um, tell me the origins of of 
I don't get together. I know Tyler, you've been on other bands. I don't know, were you in other things, Mike, before starting? Um, no, House of Harm. I was in other projects and stuff around Boston, but nothing uh, substantial. I didn't sing on anything until uh, House of Harm. And Tyler, your music goes back. I mean, you've been releasing stuff for at least ten years at this point through other acts. Hey, let's not let's not age me, okay? I'm not I'm not that old, okay? I've been, I'm only I'm only 23 years old right now, so that's why. No, but I I uh, yeah no I've I've been pretty active. I mean, that's all I've ever really felt good at is uh, like writing songs and like playing music. So like obviously, as soon as I realized that I could do that, I just started kind of doing it um, kind of nonstop ever since I was a kid. So. Yeah, but it's been pretty regularly that I've been uh, releasing stuff uh, as publicly as possible. And that was even before I joined House of Harm. What was the sort of goals that you had forming House of Harm? I think at first we just wanted to kind of just like play music that we thought was entertaining for our friends at like house shows and parties and stuff. It was a very honest and, you know, naive and pure way of starting i suppose um but after we you know made our first release it was you know i think we were we played a show before uh, technically our first real show was whatever day but we did play a show before that at like a friend's party um so it was kind of just for fun and just like being in your you know early 20s just like you know that whole, everything that comes along with that you know um and then it wasn't until i think after release like the demo in isolator we we're like let's take this pretty seriously and our brains just kind of just flipped and we just just did that um not that we didn't take it seriously at the beginning but it, it, it wasn't like we had everything kind of it, it looks as if we had everything mapped out when i look back at it but we really didn't uh maybe we did in the back of our minds um but yeah we wanted to just kind of we we set goals realistic goals um and gave us realistic timelines and kind of just followed through with it you know i think that's the best way we kind of just said all right we're going to play we're going to get some songs together and play at a friend's party type of thing. And then it was like, we're going to play a real show. And then it was like, all right, we're going to support a bigger act coming through town. And then we're going to try to play a bigger venue. And then we're going to release an EP and a record. And we just kind of been just going down the line like that, which has been beneficial because it's, it doesn't get you kind of burnt out right from, from the beginning. It kind of, you have immediate goals right in front of you. Um, it gave us plenty of stage time to develop our sound. You know, um, I think at first when I said before I wasn't in other bands, I was I was I wasn't playing out, but I was writing music. But I was a little bit hesitant to kind of get out there because I didn't have. It's it's a big leap you have to take. Um, but I think in the in our process as a band, how we started, it was it was it was quick, but also it was gradual in the sense of you know we've kind of built on the last thing we did every time we did something new, whether it be a show or a release or or, or whatever. But um, yeah, we just. You know, we took it from releasing a demo online and then to playing shows and playing bigger shows and kind of just kept on going up. And then it's not into in, in hindsight, you can kind of look back and, and everything in the moment. You're kind of just living life, you know, it's, it seems like it could have gone like the, the completely different direction if uh, people didn't actually like the first stuff that uh, House of Harm was putting out. It could have gone the, the way of so yeah. many other bands that just like kind of like start at a friend's house party and then end the same night. You know, it probably could have gone that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, as you as you kind of get into it, it becomes more of there's other things at stake besides just what you want to do that day. There's you know there's consumers cons consuming that music and then going to your shows, and then it kind of you have to kind of live up to that. So the the deeper you go in it, the more it becomes a, a thing of its own. And it's we always consider it like we don't House of Harm isn't our own. We we we're here to serve House of Harm. You know, it's like it's its own thing, and that thing is just doing whatever it's doing. We just try to put ourselves in the mindset to serve. House of Harm the best way we can. Mm -hmm. 
I want to get to how you landed the attention of an Italian label later, but let's talk about the new album. You got a new album coming out. It's your second full-length album. It's called Playground. Uh, when is it out officially? December 1st. December 1st. And the first single is already up online available. It's called Rose Glass. Um, why don't you tell us what is, uh, what's new? What's changed from uh, Vicious Pastimes to Playground? Um, a lot, I think. Um, I think we touch on our very, very beginnings, and we touch on stuff that people wouldn't imagine us doing on the record. Um, but it's, it's still cohesive at the same time. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time writing it. Um, Tyler Cooper and I were going to, we would have these like retreats where we would get away for a couple of days at a time and see what we came up with and then come back and then add that to the pile and then do it again and again. And then, um, we wrote a lot of songs for the record, a, a real lot. Um, and then we narrowed it down to, to 10. Um, and I think it's kind of like I was saying before, it's almost like you can't really, it's always in hindsight that you can kind of look back and kind of map it out. In the moment, we were just writing whatever we could and trying to push each other, you know, so, you know, we, we, we work well together, but in a way that's unspoken. We, we know each other's uh, tendencies. We know each other's talents. We know how to get the best out of each other or, or when to leave something alone or whatever. So I think this record was more about, uh, we, we've already discovered our sound. We kind of found our, our boundaries. So this record was really about, I think, uh, internal kind of pushing of each other to try to get the most of it. Um, so I realized, you know, if you sit down and try to make a record saying, well, we, we, we want to sound like this, um, you know, just from experience, it's like you kind of end up hitting a brick wall and it's hard to write songs. Where The way we do it now, it's we'll write five songs a day, easy. Like, because we kind of just, we figured that out and what kind of works for us. And we know how to get the, the best out of each other. So we're very, very efficient. Yeah. Um, but obviously that in itself becomes a problem because it's like, well, we can't release a record of 200 songs unless you're Mac DeMarco or yeah. whatever. But, um, you know, so we kind of narrowed it down and just for the sake of, see, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we picked the, the, the 10 best songs, which isn't necessarily true. We picked the we picked the 10 songs that flow the best and that felt like the record. We, to we us. wrote a hundred best songs, but we had to pick the 10 that pick, that fit best together, you know? Exactly. That's, it's no exaggeration. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I feel like Vicious Pastimes was kind of us, like I, it was my first um, like uh, foray into writing with uh, just partners in general, but also just my first time writing with Mike and Cooper. Cause I, we, I joined the band and it, it was, it was sort of like that sort of a, a weird period of like not knowing how far you could go with someone, not knowing how far you can push someone. And then like, finding that by the end of uh writing vicious past tense was like really freeing and then but then this album was like i was we, we were all able to kind of like uh kind of like uh the the veil was kind of uh lifted and we were able to kind of like just completely go in complete freedom uh freedom wise and it was a uh, that, that's that's something that you can definitely hear on the album i think it's just like the the weird freedom yeah. of the songwriting i think it's uh, gonna strike a lot of people it's yeah I, th I think we all with different to the last record is we we talked we were talking about it fairly recently too like how the fuck did it take us so long to make that record like vicious pastimes because you know like you said it was like isolators on there there was some stuff from the EPs on there I mean everyone's you know first record is kind of you know it's the greatest hits of your formative years and you know you pick songs that kind of because they're not really recorded in the in the right way yet they're you know they're like they came from our demos you know um, but. You know, it, it's we were still trying to figure things out a bit between amongst the three of us and amongst you know everything, but now it's you know once we develop that kind of there's no formula, but it's 
it's each member has their strengths. It's hard to explain, of course. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like we could we could have made that record probably five times over and, and have be five ten different records, or whatever, in that amount of time we made that one vicious pastimes. So I feel like now we really kind of you you can hear us individually much more on this record like you can hear like his parts was like oh that's that's Tyler that's Cooper that's me I, I'm sure and maybe other people might not be able to pick up on that yet because it's still our second record but it's much more distinct now you know we're, we're very much our individual sounds are in each song uh, very distinctively can you introduce Rose Glass and tell us what's it about um I always kind of shy away from what it's about to be uh you know uh, and that should be too coy, but it's it's up to the listener to a degree, of course. It's the song belongs to everyone else once it's kind of out there. Um, but this uh, next song is the lead single off our next record called Playground. It's called Rose Glass.
that was always from House of Harm and their debut album, Vicious Pastimes. Is there something about being in Boston that you have to get a European label to release your album to, to, to get wide attention? I don't know. We're, we're pretty biased to that <laughs> statement, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's we were early on. We, we've talked with them from right after, I think, Isolator, the first the first isolator um and just kind of struck up a natural relationship and then um one day just got an email and said do you want to i think we asked andrea to do a to an ep or something like that i was kind of i know i knew enough at that point to you don't just kind of as a new band say hey hit like you know cold email labels and say can you want to put out our yeah. record it just doesn't work like that um but we had enough back and forth and i think i asked him to do like said hey we're working on like an ep or something like that for some new yeah. songs um, and then he just hit back and said, how about, how about your full length? And I was like, fuck, we did it. Um, yeah. but yeah, um, it, it was a, it was a big moment and it kind of gave us, you know, like I was saying earlier about like, you know, you set these goals and kind of, uh, um, stick to them and then kind of just focus on that. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, it was really exciting and it kind of gave us, now it gave us the, uh, something to do. I was pretty particular early on. Like I, I didn't want to release a record and call it our debut record unless it's in the right hands. You know what I mean? And, um, I didn't want to do it ourselves. That's why we were kind of doing singles and EPs and demos and stuff. Um, so it was kind of waiting for that, but it, it came on, it, 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 the offer came at a, at a great time. Um, and, uh, we just went forward with it, but, uh, and then, and now I mean I'm looking on your site your fourth pressing of that already sold out again I think right so that's yes that's pretty that's yeah. pretty awesome for a for a debut album um, and uh, you yeah. know you guys have you know I I've been following like your tour you want to tell other people like where you've been and what you know what's been your ex- excitement of being on the road Tyler. Uh, yeah, sure. We actually just we got back from a, uh, a, a a West Coast tour that we actually ended up booking ourselves. Uh, uh, it was actually it was a, it was a great time. I I never thought that we'd be able to kind of or not that we that uh, I never thought that I personally would be able to even like uh, be able to travel on my music before. But I I, I realized that, like while we were out there, it was just very uh, surprising, very nice to play all those dates. We played uh, uh was it Seattle, uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, San Francisco, LA, and Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, came back. And then I think we played a couple more shows recently. I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm panicking because I forget wh- where we played recently. Oh, we played uh, New York, Boston, and uh, uh, upstate New York as well recently. That's like what we've been doing the past couple of months. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been sort of leading up, just kind of like biding time in our uh, while well, we're waiting for this record to come out. You know. Mm-hmm. And since the album came out, you've put out your demos. Uh, you put out another couple singles um you put out a single uh last year uh feel my heartbeat and then you got another single earlier this year taste the light and neither of them are on the forthcoming album but uh we're gonna hear madhouse do you want to tell me like were these were these songs um i don't know part of the same sessions that that produce playground or do you think that they are sort of individual statements and can we sort of expect some more statements from from the 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 amount of songs that you've been recording for playground i think they're they're definitely individual statements um it's a good way of putting it but um 
I mean, we rewrite a lot of songs, not even just all the, on a daily basis. Um, I think we, when we did Feel My Heartbeat, it was kind of something that we, that was, if anything, that would be closer, closely related to the playground sessions in the first time around. Um, but we just, just because the, the whole album is just the, the cycle of it. It just takes time. It's not on necessarily our time. It's just getting in time with everyone else that's involved with it, just the, the pressing of the record and the PR and, you know, labels and stuff. So we knew that time was just kind of, we didn't want to just be silent. So we had some stuff that we were able to just release as singles. It's just light, we consider it to be light in terms of like, you know, what, you know, it's people who make records know what goes into behind the scenes of making a record and it's it's a lot. Um, so we consider the singles just to, just for the fans to keep them happy and stuff that's not connected to the record, but it would, it would just kind of keeps us up and, you know, just shows our creativity, I guess. Do you think the, um, sort of band camp component has helped you guys in a way that probably wasn't available 10 years ago? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not hurting <laughs> just that. And just even just, you know, of course it's like Spotify. I know everyone has a rag on it and stuff like that, but it's just, you know, it's, it's done a lot for us. I'm sure. I mean, it's hard to quantify it, but you know, you see the, the listeners going up and up and up, you know, it's, it's doing its thing. Um, so yeah, it's a completely different landscape from like, I feel like the, just even just the nineties, just like I, thinking about like starting this band in the nineties. Yeah. We'd have to, we'd have to work really. I mean, we, do work really hard but just in different ways now we'd have to be a different completely different kind of work back in the 90s to like have anyone in like la hear our band you know it'd be like a lot of like mail yeah. ordering and like uh, i don't even know what they did back then i mean I'm, I'm i'm 23 myself so i really have no idea what they even did back then so yeah. i mean but when you think about like <laughs> like uh like the the landscape back then and having to like get your stuff into like someone in like uh, like let's say italy's hands and stuff like it's it's it seems insurmountable to me to even uh imagine that so like yeah yeah can you imagine that back then it was like uh, for for Avant to hear a record it would have to be it would have to clear customs yeah, for them some to kind of right. miracle which is yeah fucking crazy right. so um, of course it's beneficial I mean and that's a lot of things you hear a lot of people like I mean people I think the people who say it are the people who actually aren't really into music uh-huh. people who say like you know they don't make music what they used to anymore and all the things like that it's like there's a lot of fucking really good music being made every fucking day if you just gotta know where to look for it I mean exactly. back then there was probably more shit than there is now. Um, so that's, I mean, it's, it's great about, you know, the modern ages. It's obviously it's, it's oversaturated, but there's, there's a lot of great stuff being released on a, on a weekly basis, you know, and it's, it's great to enjoy. That. I have trouble making a podcast every week, narrowing it down to an hour. I mean, there's so many, there's mm-hmm. so many things that I want to play. I used to do uh, radio, college radio when I wasn't in college, actually, uh, BC at CBC and here and also in Amherst at UMass. And, you know, having a three hour radio show every week is pretty cool but there's still more stuff that you just want to play here and share so of course. all right so let's of course let's hear madhouse it is the b-side of taste the light came out earlier this year
And that is Wasting Away, House of Harm remix coming from Executioner's Mask, Winter Long, the remixes, Volume 1, which is available now through Profound Lore, came out last year. Why don't you tell me the process of how this came about? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like a, a weird sort of like serendipitous thing where like uh, Jay from Executioner's Mask uh, reached out to us randomly one day while we had like sort of a down day like we like like mike was saying earlier like there was like a uh there's a, a really long uh torturous process that goes into releasing a full-length album so when you're waiting on labels to like kind of get their stuff together and like waiting on uh kind of a bunch of people that aren't you to get get the record out you're kind of just sitting there with like uh, twiddling your thumbs like wondering what to do and we were like uh jay reached out to us we had like a two-week period i think like a two-week period between recording exactly yeah. like that. it was like right at the right time it was, it, was, it was the exact perfect time we were gonna we were gonna go back into track some other things and we had two weeks to do it and we we're like well we're, we're here on like a saturday like what are we doing we were just kind of like hanging out in my studio and we got the email from uh jay from executioner's mask and he was like hey i uh i really like your band uh i wanted to know if you wanted to collaborate on a remix or something like that if not totally understandable i know you guys are busy and we we're like we're actually not busy this exact moment so we're like well, and we had kind of like gotten not stale, but like after you're after you've written a record, like a lot's been taken out of you, so you don't end up like you know. I don't feel the most creative generally after I'm like done with a record. I'm just like I want to like kind of like recharge and stuff. And I uh, I was sort of going a little stir crazy from being from feeling that way. So I was like I kind of want to like create something again. It, like the email came at the exact perfect time, and uh, we ended up making. And I hope that Jay doesn't mind me saying this, but we only took like an hour for us to put that together. Like it was literally just like an hour worth of work. Me and Mike and Cooper just in a room, just like, oh, give me the keyboard, okay, give, me, give me the guitar, really quick. And uh, yeah. it ended up coming out like we were like really proud of it. We still are extremely. I'm, I'm, and I know that we are extremely proud of it. And uh, yeah, of course. The 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 impetus, or sorry, the uh, the 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 crux of the story comes when uh, the song was released onto Spotify. The record. Uh, the remix record uh, released on Spotify and all of the songs were underneath uh, different titles. So accidentally, like our song was listed underneath House of, uh, uh, Full of Hell's name. And then, uh, no, maybe it was Full of Hell. Sorry, Full of Hell's was under us. And then ours was under another artist. Uh, it was like Shushu. It might have been Shushu or something, but I'm not really sure. It ended up being like, uh, it, it, was, it was torturous because people were like listening to, uh, trying to listen to the House of Harm remix and they were getting this like, harsh noise remix of another executioner's mask song which i'm not sure who, which artist it was supposed to be but um and everyone like was like dming us being like what is a like this is a very different direction for you guys We're like no no just listen to listen to this <laughs> artist instead that's it's a hidden it's hidden in there and uh so it, t- it took a while for uh, their label to kind of get that straightened out but after every, all was said and done i feel like not a lot of people have heard it because of that and a lot of, not a lot of people know it exists because we didn't want to like uh what is it promote not that we didn't want to promote another yeah. artist, but like we were like, hey, but listen it, to it Hell It wasn't Har- ours. Yeah. What was that? It just wasn't ours to, you know, when they get tagged. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it, it, people would tag us in it and we're like, listen, no, listen to Full of Hell's track. That's that's our track, really. And uh, I, I can imagine that the other artists weren't too pleased at that either. But it was just, I, I always thought that was very interesting that we were so proud in this one moment of doing something. And then it kind of just like, kind of like life always is. It kind of just kind of ends up... Uh, and a mistake ends up happening. A little wrench gets thrown into it, but uh, we, we we persevered. And I, I'm very proud of that song. That's why we wanted to include it here. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, any future collaborations in the wings, in the works? Uh, either you know your work on other people's music or other people's work on your music. 
our email is readily available. <laughs> Whoever's listening, hit us up. Yeah, we, we really we really love uh, working on other. We we like we thrive in that uh, position of like producing uh, other people's music and yeah. stuff. So we we love doing it. And yeah, uh, for sure. yeah, we have a couple. We have a couple in the in the in the chamber right now that we're working uh, with a couple artists right now. We're really excited about. And we're, we're really in with Maison Dumal. So if there's a, some new artists going to uh, Maison Dumal, right? Yes. Maybe we could uh, get a chance to work together. Well, so let's 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 hear about that. Your new album, Playground. It's still going to come out in yes. Europe through Avant, but over here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's a new uh, it's a new label collective, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, more than just a record label, but uh, yeah, it should be uh, a fun journey. You know, we have uh, we're 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 not the uh, exact owners of the label, but we're we're in with it pretty heavy. So, mm-hmm. and it, I'm I'm excited to w- watch out for it because I'm excited to see what comes out. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Cool. And then that's out in December, right? December first. December first. Okay. Don't have any other songs to listen, but they will be up soon. Um, you're playing Boston tonight. Uh, tonight we're playing Boston. Yep. Yes. Uh, tonight, October eighth, and right. you got some more shows coming up before the end of the year. Yeah, I think um, some stuff is yet to be announced, but we'll be doing some uh, record release shows, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one one of the uh, the drawbacks of releasing a record in December and then the, uh, being from Boston and in New England, I'm, fr- I'm sure you can imagine, is the uh, the nor'easters that are going to be rolling through. Uh, so we have to, you know, plan it accordingly, of course. But um, yeah, we'll be announcing some uh, the, the record release shows by the time the record's out. So some warmer awesome. places as well. Awesome. All right, so we're going to end with Control from Vicious Pastimes. Any thoughts on on Control, on uh, the new album, on the old album, on anything else? I think that Control might have been recorded before we knew we were we were making Vicious Pastimes, the actual record, because I think we just made it. I remember it was it was one of the first new songs on Vicious Pastimes. It had to have been. It was up there. Uh, in terms of besides the ones that we that were already released, it must I think it probably was yeah. on the record. Yeah, aside from like always and isolator and coming of age that were already released, that was like the 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 um, the, the first new one. Um, but yeah, it was one one song that we kind of I, we realized in the last tour we kind of you know obviously the more songs you have the the more you have to leave off on set lists you know when you're touring and stuff. Um, we I think we, we did we did a pretty long tour in last October it went from like like Chicago down to Louisiana and back up um and I don't it wasn't we we weren't playing it for that routing and then we recently started playing it again on the west coast tour and it kind of revitalized the song for me I almost had forgotten about it um again speaking back to the record when you're kind of working on something your head is kind of in that so you're kind of you know that I mean in with all art you're not really sitting there thinking about your back catalog or anything um but we we put it back in the uh in the set for the last West Coast tour, uh, the West Coast shows, and it was popped off. I, I've, I found I found my my love for that song again. It's it's I love playing it. Great. It's uh it, you know the record the record closer, but uh you know it's it's a uh, it's a long one if you can endure all the uh, the noise and the uh, the long extended bridge outro. But it's uh now that was that's it's got a special place in my heart for a lot of different reasons. But yeah. Well, a lot of our listeners uh, do appreciate the noise, so. We're we're all, we're okay with that, I think. All right. Well, thank you cool. so much for spending the time with me, Michael and Tyler. Uh, the new album, um, 
playground due out on Avant in Europe. And Maison du Mont. Maison du Mont. Okay. Uh, rolls right off the tongue. I'll have to. Just just watch the the aristocrats uh, the aristocrats over and over again like three times in a row you'll be you'll you'll say it with ease. Okay, all right. Well, thank you again for being with us. Check out the show if you're listening in Boston and you're here tonight. They are playing tonight, um, and stay tuned. I'll, Middle East upstairs. I'll put uh, I'll put some other dates online um, for other people to check out uh, as soon as as soon as we have them. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having us, John. Thank you all. Thanks, John. Thank you, everyone.